So you want to hear. I'm told that you want to hear. What do you want to hear? We should desire to hear that which is beneficial, which means we should desire to hear Krishna Katha, because Krishna Katha is the only subject that is of genuine benefit. So Krishna Katha means to hear about the Nam, Gun, Rup, Lila, Harika, Dham, Vaishishya, Ityadi of the Supreme Lord. Even prior to that there is Tatvagyan to understand how the Supreme Lord is the Supreme Lord and why we should hear about him and how we should hear about him. But once one is fixed in the understanding that we have to hear about Krishna. Krishna is not a God. He is the Supreme for everyone. In, in Smarta or Mayavad, there is the concept of one's Ishta Devat. That you have to upasana should go on. There should be upasana. You're doing nam jap, just pretending. Upasana should go on, and you can worship any god, whichever one you like, because they're all different forms of the. Formless, the unnamed. But you can choose any god you like, and or you can worship anything you like. Just because worship is just a means to focus the mind, so that we can make it concentrated and still and peaceful, and then eventually we understand that. There's no need to worship anything because everything is all one. But in the meantime, you can, if you like, you can worship Krishna or Ganesh or whatever you like or whoever you like. But these are traditional forms of worship, so you can choose your Ishta Devata. So, who's your Ishta Devata? Well, according to this idea, the idea of having an Ishta Devata, who is just one you choose, 
and you can choose anyone, and they're all the same. This is not Aradhana. This is Aparad. Practically speaking, in many ways the traditional way of life and worship of Smartas and Vaishnavas are the same. Much is the same. By Smartas we we refer to the broad body of Hindus, those who are not specifically Vaishnavas or Shaivas or Ganapatyas or Shauryas, or they may even be so, but they they come under the broad umbrella of what is nowadays called Hinduism. Smartavad means the idea of following rules and regulations in the Vedic literatures with the idea that by doing either as a karma mimamsaka or just a mimamsaka, it comes to the same thing. By their mimamks, by their deliberation on Shastra, they come to the conclusion that heavenly birth, we should aim for heavenly birth, perform pious activities and have heavenly birth and enjoy yourself. And then after some time you come down again and then again you do some more pious activities and you go up again. Who created the world? No one created it. It's just there. And we're here and we should enjoy it. So that's karma mimamsa. And then there's the path of the jnanis, so-called jnanis, who say that, no, it's not enjoyable. All this so-called enjoyment, it's not enjoyable. Where is the enjoyment? It's all miserable. So that's true. But then they become interested in, in personal liberation. So the smarters, they follow the smriti regulations. These are rules and regulations given in the scripture for regulating lives of people with nitya karmas, naimitic karmas, and ishta karmas, daily activities, occasional activities, and activities that can be performed optionally as one desires so. So the Smartas and the Vaishnavas, in many ways, they follow the same way of life. Of course, many Vaishnavas, they may be compromised with Smarta, they, with, because they may think that Vishnu or Rama or Krishna is my Ishta Deva. 
So I could worship Shiva, I could worship Ganesh, but I'm worshiping Krishna. It's all the same. So such a person is not a Shuddha Vaishnava. That's not actual worship of Krishna. This concept is misconception by which Krishna will never be satisfied. Whatever else we do to supposedly serve him. So, Shuddha Vaishnavas, they reject the smarter misconception that no, everything is meant for the satisfaction of Krishna, nothing else. Everything else, anything else but the endeavor to satisfy Krishna is not actually pious. Smarters are interested in punya karma. Then sometimes if they perform some pap, then they like to do some prayas chitta to get free from the effects. But Vaishnavas, they're not interested in punya or pap, they're simply interested in satisfying Krishna. So they reject the smarter concept. But in daily life, the smarters and the Vaishnavas, they may appear to be the same, much the same, because they all have, they all rise early. Both smarters and Vaishnavas rise early in the morning, take bath, perform puja or reading from scriptures. And often the smarters, they like to read from scriptures describing the glories of the Lord either as Ram or Nrushingha or Krishna. They may even recognize, they may even say Vishnu is the Supreme Lord, but they think he's, he, they think he's the best among equals. That there's Vishnu, there's Shiva, and there's Devi, and all the gods, and among them they're all more or less the same, but Krishna's the best. So even if they say Krishna is the Supreme Lord, still their concept is wrong. Because their concept of what it means to be the Supreme Lord is that he's the, the chief. They're more or less all the same, but he's a little bit better than all the others. So then, uh, what else? So many things. They, they, Smartas and Vaishnavas both worship in the temple. They both respect sadhus and sannyasis and shastra, at least superficially, the smartas respect. And they, they, they both worship the Ganga and the cow and they both, uh, recognize the Vedic social system, Vanashram, respect the Brahmins, so in so many ways, the, the Vaishnavas and the Smartas are the same. They follow Ekadashi. Smartas also follow Ekadashi. Although generally they'll do so on a different date to the Vaishnavas because they have some different method of calculation. So in so many ways, they are the same. But they are classified as an upper sampradaya. 
or a wrong sampradaya. Then they're not a sampradaya in this in the sense that many of the other upper sampradayas are like Prakrita Sahajiya, there are actual there's actual Sahajiya Sampradaya. Goranga Nagari is actually they're, they're a very specific group. Then the Shaki Beki, they're a very specific and recognizable group with a particular leader. But Smartas, they're, they're what you could call Hindus in general. Although nowadays, Hindus in general, it's really a mess. I mean, under the Smarta line, that means you trace what is your Gotra and you follow the rules and regulations according to that. There's, it's traditional. You can say it's traditional, but modern Hinduism with your Shavirankas and your Hatasha Rams and all these Babas that make you sigh and in desperation. It's really a mess. It's really, they really lost it. But this, this smarter, they're, they're considered an upper sampradaya because they, their concept, everything they do, the, many of the things they do are the same. And they'll happily come, they'll celebrate Janmashtami. But their whole concept is that we should live in this world in a pious way. We shouldn't be sinful. We're very pious, very moral, which is good. We're not saying it's not good. But they think that this is the, this is the, this is religion. Many people, not only in Hinduism, Many people think that, well, religion is good because it makes you good. It makes you moral. And you see, all the religions teach don't tell lies and don't cheat and be good to others. Which are all good, but they're all missing the point. That real religion means to understand Krishna and our relationship with Him. And that someone who lies, steals or cheats for the sake of serving Krishna is millions of times more elevated than one who would never dream of lies, stealing or cheating, even if he had to, even if he was required to do so with the service of Krishna. Now, of course, generally we don't recommend. It's maybe an extreme example. But we have, there are so many examples, just like in, we'll find the scripture is completely, even though smartest, they, they say that they follow scripture, but their understanding of it is, is completely warped. Just like, for instance, The well-known story of Yudhishthira Maharaj refusing at first to tell the lie. Narova Kunjarava. 
Ashvatama is dead. Ashvatama hata. Narova kundarova. Maybe a human, maybe an elephant. So, he didn't want to. But eventually Krishna convinced him with the blowing of the conch. And which the Narova kundarova was not heard. So then Yudhishthira's chariot came down. So the smartest interpret this, well that's because he lied. He told a lie to his guru of all people. Or specifically intended to mislead his guru so that his guru could be killed. But uh, the real reason is that, that he didn't want to wholeheartedly cooperate with Krishna, what Krishna wanted him to do. That's the real reason. Arjuna's whole bewilderment before the fight was because he didn't, he didn't have a clear concept of Siddhanta. So he was all mixed up. So, you know, whether we should fight, whether we should not fight. He didn't want to fight with Bhishma, who's his guru. But Bhishma himself had given the evidence when he fought with his guru, <laughs> Parashuram, that guru apiyavalipthasya karya karya majanataha utpanda pratipandasya parityago vidhiyate. This Parashuram said, hey, now I'm going to punish you. I'm going to force you. No, no I won't. I won't let you. How can you defy? I'm your guru. You may be my guru, but guru apiyavalipthasya if a guru is uh, not properly situated, if he doesn't know how to advise properly, if he is uh, attached to sense gratification, he should be fully given up. So Bhishma himself had said this, but still Arjuna was, he didn't want to accept. So Krishna eventually gave him the right understanding. There are so many examples. Ekalavya. Ekalavya is famous as a great guru bhakta. Why is he famous? Because people don't understand the Mahabharata. Why Arjuna, Arjuna was envious of him, that there's a better student than me. That's not the fact. Bhaktisiddhanta Sasrata Thakur explained that this Ekalavya had wrongly against the desire of Drona taken he had worshipped him so the power he had acquired by doing so was was not in the proper way so Arjuna didn't want to encourage this kind of wrong kind of disciple who with, without following the instruction of the Guru without serving him he simply takes benefit from him so therefore his fingers should be offered as Dakshina. But the smartest, they can't understand because they see in terms of ordinary morality. So Vaishnavas are required to explain Shastra. Otherwise, everything they get wrong. On the, on the internet, there are these foolish websites which some of our less Siddhantic devotees 
they go to, they want to find, exp- what is the meaning of this? Why do we do this? And they give some convoluted, goofy, mayavad explanation. Why do we wear gold at the wedding? Because it, it absorbs the good feelings of the people all around you and that stays with you throughout your life. It's just some some made-up thing. And they're trying to explain in a in in a manner which appeals to people, but they have no actual knowledge. <coughs> so they make up. So Smartas and Vaishnavas, in many ways, they follow the same things, but their understanding of what they're doing, why they're doing, is completely different, and their destination is completely different. The Smartas, by following Akadashi, do not get the same benefit as the Vaishnavas, even though that is Hari Vasa. Actually, the Smartas, they generally calculate wrongly anyway, by the Saraswati fools them. So they calculate the wrong date, not the same date that the Vaishnavas will. It'll always be different. That's why we find that sometimes our devotees, they're from smarter families. Smarter, by the way, doesn't just mean smarter Brahman. Nowadays, if we say smart, we think Brahman. But previously, it was every, it was all the castes. But nowadays, we think smarter means smarter Brahmana. Maybe because the Brahmanas, among all of them, are following something more. Maybe. But then uh, we find sometimes our someone becomes from the Smarta community or the Brahmin community. They want to follow Krishna consciousness as given by Srila Prabhupada in the Sampradaya of Lord Chaitanya. And the family members say, they'll say, okay, but you have to follow on our day. Why do you want to follow on their day? But then Shastra says that if one follows on the wrong day, if one follows, a, if one observes a Kadashi on the Dashami, then he goes to hell. <laughs> so it doesn't work. There's there's a particular day. It's not that you can just choose any day. You can you have to get the calculations right, and by the grace of Saraswati. Those who wish to follow Ekadashi to please Krishna, they calculate on the right day. And those who want to, who want to do everything with a veneer of piety. Veneer, you know what that means? It means a cover. It looks like, it looks good on the outside. What it means actually is they get some cheap plywood. Or this, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the board they make out of, uh, Huh? MDF. MDF. They put all these wood shavings together. So it's very cheap. And then, but then they put a very thin covering of very first class wood on top. So it looks good, but it's very thin. That's called a veneer. So smart as they may have a veneer of piety and morality. But because 
side by side, they're cultivating envy of Krishna. Everything they do is useless. Please don't put this songbook on the floor. Please place it to your head. Put it to your head. Yeah, that mitigates the offense. Yeah, you can keep it off your legs, that's also better. Traditionally, smarters would never do that. They know. The culture is there. So the culture is there, but the, the reason for doing it, they got the wrong reasons. Whereas nowadays, people are coming to Krishna consciousness, but they don't have any culture. So the culture is lost. So, many pious people, they, they have been raised with some vestiges of smarter culture. They become attracted to Krishna consciousness. Because they like, oh, this is not, that will, will lead a pure life, will worship God, it's very good. But then we have to hear. We have to hear what is actual Siddhanta. That Krishna consciousness certainly means a moral life. But morality in and of itself is not the essence. And the real morality, the highest morality, is Krishnate Akela Cheshta. Everything should be done for the satisfaction of Krishna. And generally that will be side by side with ordinary morality. But sometimes it may not be. And sometimes in this miserable Kali Yuga, actually Dhanya Kali Yuga, it depends which perspective you see. In general it's miserable, but there's some great quality that by chanting the holy names of Krishna, one can rise above all the all the muck of Kali Yuga. So, in this Kali Yuga, sometimes for the sake of preaching Krishna consciousness, some adjustment with that degraded life or sinful life, not acceptance of it per se, but just acknowledging that people are on a lower level and trying to lift them up to the highest level of Krishna consciousness, which is beyond mundane morality. But to do so, one may have to grab them at whatever level they're hanging. People are trying to hang on, but they're so low, they're so far below that one may have to, if at all, we're to bring them in, we may have to accept at a, at a level which is very low. That's why Prabhupada was able to preach Krishna consciousness in the Western countries because he never liked, I mean, he, he was he was very strong against the degradation of Western society or society in general all over the world. It's not only Western society. 
he is very strong against that and he made very clear regulated principles. But at the same time, Prabhupada seeing the reality that people are, are weak, he didn't reject people for falling away from the standard. He always encouraged them to come up more and more. And that's definitely, I mean, there could be so many reasons, but there's definitely one major reason why Prabhupada could preach in the West. Is that he was, as in his own words, he would say that we have to see the spark of interest in Krishna consciousness and fan it. So Prabhupada was able to see that, even amidst all the really crazy things that people were doing at that time. And it was a, a particularly crazy time in the history of the Western world. And I think even those of us who were part of that, I mean, we were part of that generation, if we had to deal with people like that ourselves now, most of us would find it very difficult to do so. And what to speak of Prabhupada from the external point of view was coming from a, a background which was very sober and pious and religious. Even one of Prabhupada's godbrothers who was sent with the full institutional and financial support of the Gorya Mat to London and he traveled in Europe and he, he made some impression but uh, he about Prabhupada's success, he said, well, I could have also done that, but I didn't like to mix with the low-class people because that's what Prabhupada did. He, he mixed with all kinds of people, but after some time he found that the people who are most interested in chanting Hare Krishna were the people who are the most degraded people in the society. Well, they're a little bit up from the alcoholics in the street. But not much. Even in some ways, the alcoholics in the street, they were accepted in, West, in, in, in American society because at least they were used to them. But the hippies were not. So, well, actually that's the fact. That's why he couldn't preach in the West because that's why Prabhupada's godbrother couldn't preach because he was he distinguished between high class and low class and of course that's always there but in preaching Krishna consciousness we, we have to see who's ready to take it. Patra patra bicha nahe nahi sthana sthan jai jaha pai taride premadham panchatatva they did not consider who was eligible who was not eligible what is a proper place what is not a proper place wherever they found Anyone who is interested in Krishna consciousness, they distributed it. So that was Prabhupada's motto. And he, definitely he, he tried to raise people to a higher level. And well, he certainly did. But at the same time, many of the people who came to him uh, even after taking initiation, they, they fell away from the standard. But Prabhupada didn't reject them for that. If they were willing to come back and serve, Prabhupada saw, if someone's willing to do some service, he was ready to accept them. 
And that brought in some discrepancies to what would be considered a normal, moral way of life. Just like in the in the Western countries, which is now very quickly becoming normal in India also, there's this idea of free sex. That everyone should be... It's a right of everyone to you know, mix up with anyone they like as long as they're over a certain age and do whatever they like and as long as both parties agree. That's considered the, the proper standard. And the fact that I can even discuss these things among you, I mean, even, you know, like 15 years ago in India, even to say these things would be considered, maybe you're considering now like that, but but uh, even to mention that word was considered very much socially improper. But times have changed a lot and they're changing very quickly in India. But in the 1960s, in the West, it was already there. So, Prabhupada, he never agreed that free sex or illicit sex is acceptable. But within traditional Hindu society, especially a girl would be completely rejected for that. But Prabhupada got them married. He personally got them married. Even he was a sannyasi. That was his adjustment to the reality of preaching Krishna consciousness in a sinful world. So I was saying about Prabhupada's godbrother that you know, he could, he wasn't able because he, he was, he just wanted to take people who were in his estimation high class. But Prabhupada, he wanted to make that adjustment that everyone could come. And practically we're seeing that in Indian society today also, all the same social evils are coming. And among our devotees also. And it's, it's maybe overly idealistic to think that we can keep it out because we're living in a society where our devotees are living in a society which is dedicated to sinfulness and it's considered normal. So we find that devotees have many of the same social problems that the non-devotees have. And maybe in many cases they even have more because many people come to Krishna consciousness because they're feeling so much frustration from the whole way of life around them. And many of the people who come to Krishna consciousness are actually, they're already very disturbed. Now, Hare Krishna, practically everyone in the world is very disturbed, especially in the more modern way of life. The more modern people are, the more so-called progressive they are, the more they are disturbed, mentally disturbed, with, with severe stress and depression and 
problems and every house people have problems it's it used to be a normal thing in india i remember people used to tell me that you know in india we have good families but they were quite proud when i was first in india about 30 years ago that you know we have good strong families and our families are good but nowadays all as a sanyasi i hear all kinds of things that a traditional sanyasi should never well for a start you wouldn't hear them because they weren't happening hardly but uh i mean all kinds of really horrible things sanyasis doctors astrologers police they get to hear so many bad things it's become norm it's in india also it's just normal practically to for people to have very severe problems within their families a lot of distress family life is very distressful in so many cases and you were just talking about fun that's the whole problem everyone wants to have fun no one wants to take responsibility so i started off talking about smarters and how they're moral they they put a high value on morality and but krishna consciousness is beyond morality it's it's on a higher platform but at the same time um unless there is some basic stability in society and within people's lives then they're not going to become krishna conscious and they'll cause disturbance in society i mean there are many members or, or ex members or disgruntled members of our iskon society who are who are very upset and they have been for years and are continuing to be so because our sanyasis quite a few of them have fallen from their vows which is it's actually disgraceful we don't just like probad he didn't reject anybody i was there in vrindavan when one of his sanyasis who had fallen from sanyas and got married came back and he was asking probad i wasn't there in the room but i was in vrindavan at the time and he said well probad can you forgive me and probad said there's no question of not forgiving you because you've done so much service for me how can i forget that so probad was very merciful but at the same time it does cause great disturbance when any not only a sanyasi when a grihastha the you know as far as i know i haven't heard any different there i think i would have heard if in dubai or in this area there were some immoralities going on but in india and certainly in other parts of the world it's not unheard of for for instance one devotee to run off with another devotee's wife which is horrible isn't it but uh, it happens and it causes great disturbance in vaishnav society and we can't show a better example to the world which is a very high philosophy 
But we can't show a better example to the world if we can't even live on a basic human platform. At the same time, we don't want to reject anyone if they have the... T I'll tell you one thing. In, in London, I went there and I saw one devotee coming and he's doing service and as is well known to everyone, he had had an affair with another devotee's wife which had precipitated that devotee's divorce and now he was married to that devotee's wife. So I was asking, well, why, why are you allowing him to, you know, why are you keeping him in there? Why are you giving him, allowing him to continue and do service? He said, look, there's so few people who are enthusiastic to, to do service. We have to, we have to accept those who want to do service. So that's true also. It creates a dilemma. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is that devotees, they should act on a basic human platform, minimal human platform. At the same time, the, the degradation in the world in general is such that It's become practically a normal thing in the Western world that devotees fall down. And in India also, but it's not so apparent and usually not so gross a way. Although many things go on which are, don't come out in public. Prabhupada wanted to make farm communities so that devotees could live together and have time, live very simply, so that they could, just to produce their bare necessities, so that we could have time for hearing and chanting about Krishna. And so that we, he didn't mention this, but so much, but one thing that would also insulate us from the broader society, which it's a very bad influence and it's for devotees in the modern age it's it's a really it's a really uh, it's really a source of anxiety about their children how to how to raise their children because if you send them to school and the schools are so horrible dubai may be better see no i think it probably is better than india and you know one reason why? It's also due to the influence of Islam. <laughs> For all that it's maligned. But on, they're very strong on certain moral principles. Well, they're strong, whatever they're into, they're strong on it, that's for sure. Whereas the Hindus are just a wishy-washy bunch. I mean, it's ridiculous. Hindus, if, if, you can blaspheme Krishna in public and no one will react. Maybe the RSS a little bit. Hindus, have, there's a genocide against Hindus in Kashmir. And the Hindus don't give a damn. It's, they're the majority population. So, they're too far the other way. Anyway, this is getting slightly political. So, I won't pursue that line further. But, uh, it is a source of anxiety. How to raise children in the modern age in, in a way that they can be Krishna conscious because the 
the the whole modern world is set up to appeal to the lower nature, the gross sense gratification. And especially when you're young, when there's a very strong appeal, you want to enjoy, it's very strong feeling, which is why in traditional societies, not only in India or Hindus, but traditionally, the children will be married very young. One reason is that then they, the, the agitation of, instead of every boy looking at every girl or every girl looking at every boy, which causes so many problems, then they're already, all right, fixed up. My husband's there, my wife's there. So there are so many good things in traditional Indian culture. This separation of the sexes, although very unpopular in the modern age and very much maligned, it's it's very good. Because of the ghee and fire principle. That when ghee, this solid ghee, it comes close to heat, it melts. It's a natural thing. So when man and woman come together, there's attraction. But in the modern age, they, uh, they're not careful about this because they don't realize that that unrestrained sexual attraction is the, the cause of the degradation of individuals and of the whole society. So I started off saying that you want to hear about Krishna Katha. So where does Krishna fit all in this? Well, he's on top. And we are down here somewhere wanting to go up. But we have to see the way to go also. We have to see, we have to see the pitfalls and what is required to be Krishna conscious. Culturally, you're in a much better situation than most of our Western devotees. You have that advantage is there. Still, whether your children will have that or not, I don't know. Birth in a Hindu family is... Generally, and that will continue presumably, it's going to be better for being attracted to Krishna in general. Many years ago, in Bangladesh, one Hindu protagonist or, you know, one of these like, you know, Hindu leaders was speaking to us. And, uh, Their whole thing was to stop the conversion of Hindus to Muslims and Christians. So he was saying to us, since you have come and you have started doing programs all over the country and showing films of how there's Krishna bhaktas all over the world and your Western devotees are singing Hare Krishna in public and dancing on the stage. He said, wherever you go and do these programs, the tendency to convert, the Hindus to convert to another religion is completely stopped. <laughs> so then we started 
just joking with him a little. We said that, well, what's the harm if Hindus become Christians anyway? Now, what's the harm? At least, and they'll go to church once a week, that's good, isn't it? You see, and the, the Hindus are smoking and the Christians are smoking. The Hindus are eating meat and the Christians are eating. So we went on for some time. And he said, well, if they're Hindus, they're more likely to say the name of Goranga. So we said, okay, all right. Better they stay Hindus. That's true. But the whole point is that we're not going around just trying to make people Hindus. We want to give them what is the actual goal of life, to understand Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to be a pure devotee. Simply to be a Hindu is not in and of itself the perfection of life. I hope you all understand that. But it is in general an advantage because one is more inclined towards the culture of Krishna consciousness. But at the same time, we, we shouldn't take it for granted that the cultural advantage you've got is going to continue because the modern youth, are, modern Hindu youth, are, they're still Hindus, but they're very much westernized also and unless unless uh, of course we'll find that the present generation they're probably they go to temples more than your generation did if we're talking about the those who are like you know 40 and up I've seen in the years I've been in India that people are more inclined towards religious life in India than they were when I first went in the 1970s which is almost certainly due to the influence of Prabhupada's movement. But you shouldn't take that, don't just presume that that uh, people, that because they're Hindus, they're pious, we also have to preach to them about what is the actual message of Krishna consciousness and, and reach out to the youth and the children, especially who are being very much misguided by modern society. You yourselves will be able to impress that upon them if you yourself realize that the whole modern society is a disaster. If you yourself are thinking that modern society is very nice and we, is very good, if you're thinking like that, then you can't help anyone. So we should hear about Krishna. We should hear about Govardhan. But who will hear about this? Nivritta Tarishai Upagiya Mahanad Bhava Shodat Chotra Mano Virama Kautamashtavgunana Bana Nam Puman Virajeta Vina Pashuknat. Persons will take interest in hearing. We should hear about Krishna. It's the hearing about Krishna is the medicine for material life. And to hear about Krishna is very pleasing, but but not everyone will will be interested. Persons who are fed up of the material life, they can hear about Krishna. 
persons who are killing themselves or killing animals, meat-eaters, they will not, killing themselves by not taking to Krishna consciousness or being mayavadis, they will not take pleasure in hearing about Krishna. So it's very nice to hear. Tomorrow we shall hear from Govinda Maharaj about the glories of Govardhan. But to bring people to the platform of hearing of Govardhan, we shall have to, as Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsvaktako used to say, to bring one person to Krishna consciousness requires we have to spend hundreds of gallons of blood. So much effort required. All right, so that was some Krishna Katha. Where was Krishna? Again, he's on top. We're down here. We have to see how to go. How to go to Krishna? Chant Hare Krishna. But our chanting, that will have to be with a clear understanding of who is Krishna. Therefore, we have to hear. Otherwise, if we so the, I was saying also smartest, they also they'll also chant Hare Krishna. But they're chanting with the idea that Krishna is some concept that has become a form from the impersonal. That chanting with that misunderstanding, that offensive misunderstanding, will not bring them to Krishna. So there's a difference. Non-devotees also chant. Otherwise, why would Prabhupada say, Chanting should be heard from the lips of pure devotees. That means that others also chant. But in hearing from the lips of those who are cultivating a concept other than that of surrender to Krishna, understanding Him to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the result of that will be like taking milk touched by the lips of a snake. It's not the same. So the smartest, they may appear to be the same, but they're not the same. It, it leads to something quite different with their misconceptions. So we have to hear about Krishna and chant about Krishna. Understand what is the message of Shastra. To reach out to others, we may adopt so many different means. But it's all meant to bring them to the point of hearing Shastra. Then they can be serious. Then they can get actual benefit. Anyway, there are many things to say, but that's all I'll say for now. Linda Prabhu, you want to say anything? Rida Prabhu has had the distinction of living in one of these highly degraded Western countries and raising three kids? Five. Five. Oh, I'm out of touch. But they're all devotees. And good devotees. Well, I mean, your, your Gansham Gopal, he's... He's a brahmachari in Mayapur, seriously studying. He's very good. He's the eldest, is it? Second. 
Second, or the first one, he was in trouble. No, he's, doing he's doing better now. He's doing very well. Yeah. So, that's good. I know, I know. You, sometimes you see families and it looks like, you know, everything's wonderful. But inside, even if husband and wife are together like that, still there's so many problems. It's just the nature of the modern age. It's just the nature of the age. Either, you know, there's a lot of stress and pressure and... Uh, Enviousness of other people. If the husband and wife. Yeah, if they're together. Good together. In Krishna consciousness. In Krishna consciousness. Naturally, everything will follow. Yeah. Even with the trouble. Yeah, but it's trouble. It is trouble. But nevertheless. But it's gratifying to see your children come through like that. Recently I was in Vancouver in Canada. It's the first time I've been there. And I met a godbrother who I'd never met before. And uh, I met him a few days later in Govardhan. He told me he was going. He said he might meet there. And he introduced me to his son, who is also a Nishad devotee. This devotee is from a, you know, a Caucasian background. I mean, he's not from a traditional Hindu background, but... He's disciple of Prabhupada and his children. So he introduced me to his son, who was initiated by Radhanath Swami. He's, he's, his son's, he was living as a brahmachari in, in Los Angeles, I think he said, for some years. And now he's um, studying Srimad Bhagavatam with Gopi Prandana Prabhu and Govinda. So he introduced him to me and said, My son, my pride and joy. So he was so happy that I... You know, he went through all the trouble of bringing up his son, and now he's so happy to see that he's a good, solid devotee. So it's all worth it <laughs> if you can see your son. But you don't know; he may or may not come through. But it, it must be very gratifying to parents to see their children after all the effort put in and. You know how much it is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have some kind of idea, but you you actually know how much effort you put into bringing up a kid. And don't put don't don't not do that. You should you must look after your children. Don't think oh it's too much trouble. Just stick them in front of the TV like that's normal in the modern age. Just let them do what they like. But uh, when you see, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to see that your children grow up to be serious devotees, it'll be your pride and joy. <laughs> so disciples, they should also try to be there. To act in such a way that they'll bring Happiness to their guru. I was just reading from Hari Shari Prabhu's transcendental diary that Prabhupada was 
being massaged by Hari Prabhu at night and the dogs were barking. That's another good thing about Muslim countries. At least this one, no dogs. Although they're, they're there in Pakistan and in Bangladesh. Anyway, not in Dubai. Not, at least not roaming around the streets and barking. So they were, they were keeping Prabhupada awake at night by their barking. And Prabhupada said that the dogs are a condemned species. They're, they're condemned to suffer. That they're howling at night because they're hungry. He said there's no use to feed them. Because even if you feed them, then they become puffed up and they howl more. So he said they're the lowest species. The lowest creature. But he said still they have one good quality and that's faithfulness. Then Prabhupada told the story. You've probably heard the story before. How one man, he went down for some time and he left his baby on the bed with the dog guarding. Then he came back after some time and saw the baby is not on the bed and the dog has got all blood in his mouth. And so, and there's a trail of blood going out the door. So he thought the dog was killed and my baby. So he, he took the gun and the, do, the dog saw he's going to shoot me but he didn't protect and he shot the dog dead. And then the, he said, my dog killed my child. And the sound of the, the boom of the gun was responded to by the crying of his baby who was woken up. The dog wanted, so he, wanted, he couldn't understand what had happened. So he followed the trail of blood out and saw there was one fox outside. And then he understood the fox had come to attack the child and the dog had killed it and dragged it outside. And then when the when he saw that Master was going to shoot him, he also didn't protest. So Prabhupada said in the, in the same way, a disciple, he should be faithful to his spiritual master. He said if a disciple is not faithful to his spiritual master, he's lower than a dog. <laughs> but I was just quoting before also that one a guru who is not following should be rejected so where does that leave you then you have to hear from Shastra what is the proper qualification don't just be sentimental follow but you should follow the right thing don't follow the wrong thing Hare Krishna